On a hot September day, I sit in my living room looking out our six-story window in Brooklyn. I share this place with my boyfriend. We can call him Sam. He was on the Coincidences episode. I moved into this place during the pandemic, like a lot of people. If you remember from our first episode of this, Sam and I had rushed upstate when the pandemic hit. What we thought was only going to be two weeks ended up being six months. March suddenly turned into September, and there was still no end in sight to the stillness. But, you know, New York seemed safer at this point, and people had learned how to live with and around this new painful reality. So in the fall, when we were back in the city, I kept getting this random feeling. I just had this sudden urge to be in the desert. I wanted to be surrounded by russet red rocks, dusty roads, and big blue skies. Now this was weird because I hate the desert. I was raised in upstate New York. I love being covered in trees and green and seeing wildflowers and life all around me. In a forest, I feel so inspired and cozy. I feel the complete opposite in the desert. The dry landscape makes me anxious. I feel exposed and vulnerable, like there's so much open nothingness. I feel empty and uninspired. I can't explain it other than I just hate that feeling, which is why it was so strange that I craved it. I think that after six months of living through a global pandemic, a sentence I never thought I would say, I wanted a different kind of stillness. I wanted to sit out in an open, flat space and scream. I wanted to lie down on crunchy grass and hear nothing but the wind whip around my body. Something about the pandemic, how the earth seemed to stop rotating, made me want to escape from it all. The death toll, the sensationalism, the waxing and waning hope of a vaccine. Like everyone else, I longed to be out traveling, hugging my friends, eating at new restaurants, and dancing with sweaty bodies around me until four in the morning. But the waiting and waiting and waiting. We were always two weeks away from a little update and false hope. I wanted to wallow. I wanted to feel as pointless as a barren landscape. I think the CDC should have added existential wanderlust as an ancillary COVID symptom. And as Sam and I stayed cooped up in our apartment, all of these forgotten memories of my travels kept popping up into my brain. I remember being in Marrakesh, Morocco and eating snail soup at one of the nightstands in that big main square. I remember picking up pine cones on a mountain in southern Turkey or musing through the snow-covered streets of Stockholm, or having a giant bowl of pho on a little plastic seat on the street in Hanoi, Vietnam. All of these places that I missed so much and had no access to anymore. I couldn't do my favorite thing in the world, which was be in the world. And even though travel is heavily romanticized, the reason we are in this global pandemic is because of travel. Diseases developed because we moved them. Travel spreads ideas, inventions, and infections. It's long believed that the Black Plague crawled along the Silk Road from China to Europe, and it contaminated every fair-trading Middle Eastern country in between, 
and sliced the European population in half in the 14th century. When the conquistadors came to conquer the Americas, it wasn't their superior technology or moral high grounds that helped them conquer. It was their germs. The natives decided to exchange spices for smallpox and they couldn't fight back. What was once booming empires of like 60 million people was diminished to a few million in a few hundred years. We've been spreading germs as long as we've been exploring. And this made me rethink my own adventures. How many times have I accidentally gotten others sick as I gallivanted overseas? Because I traveled, there's a domino effect that I can't reverse or ever know the consequences to. This love that I have dedicated my life and creativity to has helped COVID travel exponentially. And that breaks my heart. It makes me feel like everything I've ever done was reckless and selfish. And I know I shouldn't. I know that this is like a very silly thought because I want to keep traveling. I don't want to find reasons to just stay in my apartment. And I grappled with it because I was like, should I even be entertaining this idea of going from a hotbed of contagion to the quiet Southwest? I had had Zoom calls with my friends who were living in Italy and Canada, and they would tell me how they haven't seen their families in months and how strict their restrictions were. I had heard in Greece that you had to text the government one of six reasons to leave your house, and that the police would escort you back home if you didn't. Whereas I could go outside at any point during this whole thing, and I can still travel within my own country. Parties have been busted on college campuses, and on any day in February, you could have driven through Manhattan and not think that anything was wrong. Certainly not a global pandemic. Americans couldn't be stopped, and that's exactly what's ended us. Up until this March, our death toll is the highest out of any wealthy country for a number of reasons. One of them is that our greatest philosophy was also our Achilles heel. Americans don't like being told what to do. We self-asphyxiate on our freedom. We don't want someone else to tell us to wear a mask, to not see our loved ones, and to stay inside indefinitely. Don't tell me what to do. And as cautious as I've been, I still felt that urge to do my own thing. I wanted to go on this trip, and I didn't want to be stopped. But I knew that if I traveled, I would be part of the problem. There had to be a way that we could go out west. Sam and I were not comfortable enough to do airplanes but he did just get a new car. Maybe, maybe we could drive out. I've never done a road trip and I've always wanted to do one across America. I bet that we could go and try to do it in the safest way possible. And if we're driving, it's just him and I recycling the air. Maybe it could work. So, one cold January day, Sam and I started planning. Sam and I picked the opposite of our metropolitan life. Rural, rustic, rugged Arizona. Because with all of our social plans indefinitely postponed and we both work remotely, all we needed was good Wi-Fi to live a month in Arizona. And if we were going to spend four days of our healthy lives just to sit in a car and listen to podcasts, we might as well stay as long as we could while we were there. The Southwest was calling me and I had to go. So one Friday morning at the end of February, our car was packed with all of our essentials, which included a weight set and audio equipment, and Sam and I headed west. 
In this series, we'll be exploring the great American road trip. We'll be making stops along the way, stay in boutique motels, swing into restaurants, and explore the national wonders within our own borders. We will slowly tiptoe back into traveling again to feel the expansiveness of the open road and be reminded why we need to travel, but how to do it more safely. I'm Adrian Bain, and this is Strangers Abroad.